Hey, let me pray, and then we'll look into God's word today. So God, we, we believe in the Holy Spirit. One of the ancient creeds says he's the Lord and the giver of life, and we believe that the Bible is, to some degree, totally unintelligible unless the Holy Spirit is active, at least unintelligible in a way that gives us life. So we pray that as we look into your word this morning and listen to what you have to say to us through your spirit, what you show us, what you say to us, would you help us see and hear clearly what you want us to see and hear, and then will you help us know the steps you're gonna, you can empower us to take? Um, we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily in the New Year's resolution. Some people are. So, you know, I, uh, I, I was looking online this week from uh, some different two-word resolutions. Like two things, two-word, like, and one of them I found a list of 120 of them. I'm not going to read all 120. But things like, uh, you know, be kind, dream big, find balance, carpe diem, which is seize the day, Hakuna Matata, uh, just believe. You know, these are like different people's, you know, resolutions for the year. Keep calm, stay focused, stay strong. You matter. You could even go uh, kind of a Christian route and you could say, well, I'm, I want to love God, love, my, love neighbor. That's three, two words. Love myself. I want to trust God. I want to pray more, read more, give more. And those are all good. But I'm going to give you two words that I want you to challenge to hang with you for this whole year. And I want them to hang with me for this whole year and the next year and the next year and the next year. And I always, to some degree, I always like to almost simplify things. But for me, I want us to kind of be this laser focused on Jesus. And here's my two words that I want to focus on today. Just Jesus saying, follow me. Because I think what, we ha- what happens sometimes, I mean, I, I have some desires I want to do, like I'm going to, I'm going to try to memorize a large part of Scripture this year. I'm, you know, read more. I want to pray more. Those are all good, but in the end, if you do those things and they're not under the umbrella of Jesus saying, follow me, then you're often just engaging in spiritual activity and you've maybe lost the point. Again, it's, it's good to pray more, give more, fast more, love more, those kind of things. But those are all really a subset, if I can say it that way, of Jesus saying to his disciples, which he does throughout the Bible, and which he says to each one of us, follow me. So following Jesus is not simply, I already prayed once to receive Jesus in my heart, so that's, no, no, following is an active, ongoing, the whole time of your life kind of activity because that's what he called for. So I'm going to look at this in the different times where he said, follow me in the Gospels, and then kind of, I'll, I'll say this now, and I'll say it at the end. Here's what I'm going to want you to imagine, and I, I did this some this week. I want you to imagine a place where you sit, whether it's in your house, your office, your car, a place where you relax. Like I have, we have a couple different kind of recliners in our living room, and I sit in one of them or else. But, and I, I've been trying to imagine Jesus in the other chair, I'm in my comfortable place, using the other chair saying to me, will you follow me? So I don't know what your space is where you're relaxed, where you come, but I want you to imagine Jesus hanging out with you there. Maybe it's across the table at Starbucks or at Crumble or whatever coffee place, but I want you to imagine Jesus asking you, will you follow me? Or maybe just saying the two-word phrase, follow me. And you might have already some thoughts of what he might mean when he says that to you. 
So in the Gospel of Matthew, I'm just going to, this is the only slide we have for the week, um, but I want to just keep this up here. So right at the very beginning, when Jesus called uh, Peter, fishing, some of the fishing, he says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me, and I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. So maybe when Jesus says to you, follow me, maybe there's people in your life that Jesus wants to use you in their lives to introduce them to Jesus. And I don't know how that might happen. You may not even know how it might happen. So it's not about pressure or guilt, but it's about Jesus might be saying, I want you to follow me this year because there are people that I want you to introduce them to me. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. All right? Also in the the book of Matthew, it said that there's one part where he's talking about following him, and one of the disciples say, well, let and it actually says hit one of his disciples, so it was one of it wasn't somebody who was uncommitted, says, Well let first let me go take care of my mother and father. Or first let me go do this, take this, but first, but first. And Jesus says, Follow me now. Follow me now. Oh, but first, God, I, I want to make sure I got my bank account where I want it to be. I want to make sure I'm in the right relationship status I want to be. I want to make sure my marriage is better, my kids are more. I want to make sure I like my job. But first, and Jesus says, no, no, follow me now. So I don't know what your but first might be. I have my own but first, I tell Jesus at times. And then I hear, I, I hear him and I want to hear him more say to me, follow me now. Follow me now. Do this now. So that's what he says when the disciple says, I've got to take care of my mom and dad. I do this. Follow me now. And often when Jesus called the disciples, what I always find interesting, he'll call them and they'll say, at once they followed him. In the old King James, it would be forthwith they followed him. So there's this immediacy that when Jesus says, follow me, and he has a specific way in which he wants you to follow, follow me now. He asked Matthew, when he walked by Matthew's tax collector booth, Matthew was a hated Jew because he worked for the Romans collecting taxes for them. And Jesus walked by and says, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. Also from Matthew, Jesus says this, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. I don't want to give up my own way. I kind of like my way. I think it's going to work for me, Right? And Jesus is like, no, you, I mean, whether your way is, this is how I want to make my relationships better. This is how I want to make my financial status better. This is how I want to make my future better, my health better, whatever else. I have my plans. And Jesus says, give up your way and be willing to follow me. He may even say, now, you follow me, I'm going to send you back to that way, but I want you, I want you to follow me. So Jesus says, if you want to be a follower of his, you have to give up your own way. Pick up your cross, which is be willing to endure suffering or discomfort because you're not in control anymore, and follow him. And another way Jesus would say, this is in Matthew 19, all those first four were all from the Gospel of Matthew. There was a young man that said the Bible said he had a lot of money. He said to Jesus, I'll do anything. Well, tell me what to do. I, I obey all the commandments. I do everything. I do everything right. And Jesus says, well, the one thing you do lack, if you want to be my follower, sell all your possessions and give your money to fo- give to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. 
And the Bible says the man walked away sad because he had a lot of riches because he wasn't ready to do that yet. Now, I, I don't, the passage doesn't imply that Jesus tells us all to sell our money and give it to the poor, but it does tell us he's the Lord of your checking account. He's the Lord of your bank account. He's the Lord of your income. He's the Lord of how you spend your money. Um, and when he says, follow me, I think one of the hardest errors for a lot of people is when Jesus says, follow me, and by the way, bring your bank account with you. Because I'm just like, well, I, I kind of have control over this. I kind of know what I want to see happen in the next five years. And um, I'm old enough now where I'm thinking about, am I ready for retirement, blah, 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 blah. I'm not ready to retire. But, I'm just, but when it comes to money, Jesus clearly said to this man, follow me. I mean, Jesus has, there's clear things Jesus talks about even with tithing and giving and follow me. Follow me. Jesus loves saying those two words, all right? So then you might be thinking, which I can think sometimes, well, sounds like following Jesus is usually about the, I have to give up my way, I have to pick up my cross, I have to let him handle my money. I'm just kind of understandably, what's, What's in it for me? Because I'm not done yet. So Gospel of John, Jesus says in John 8, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. If you follow me with your job, your money, your relationships, everything else, if you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness. His promise in darkness, we're going to have bang and Aaron come. And if we trust him, he promises we're not going to walk in darkness. We're going to have the light of life. That sounds like a kind of life most of us would want. I'm walking in the light of life. It doesn't mean everything goes smooth, but it means there's something in your soul that's full of peace and joy and contentment, even though things may, circumstances may be against you. But Jesus says, you follow me, I promise you. It's his promise. You won't walk in darkness. I mean, I prayed that way for somebody this week that had a hard thing happen to him this week, and I thought, okay, it'd be easier for them to fall into some kind of darkness, mental health, depression, whatever. And I just said to Jesus, you promised that you would let them walk in the light. So would you do that for them? Let them walk in the light. Because they're following you. They're trying to figure out how to follow you. They want to follow you. They are following you. So you said they could walk in the light of life. doesn't mean everything's going to go okay now. But internally in their soul and their spirit, which has a huge effect on our mental health, of course, he says, if you walk in me, you're not going to walk in darkness anymore. You have the light of life. And then he says, too, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So not only does he say follow me, but he says, you'll know. You'll, you'll know what I'm saying. You'll know where I'm telling you to go. And you might say, and I say at times, but God, I don't. I can't. I, I'm not hearing you lately. I mean, we know enough of what, we're, what Jesus wants, how he wants to follow from the Bible, but sometimes we want to know specifics. And Jesus says, no, you, you know my voice. And if there's something you really want Jesus to tell you, he will not withhold it from you. And he, the promise is we can recognize his voice, and we know it's him. And you might say, well, why, why can't I get the answer faster? Well, what am I? this is back to the Christmas story, but I when... Uh, when Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, I read this over the Christmas season, and it just kind of caught me. It said, Joseph found out he was, Mary was pregnant, so he decided to divorce her, of course. And then it said, and while he was considering this, 
An angel showed up and him, told him, no, her pregnancy is not because she's been in an illicit sexual relationship. It's because the Holy Spirit's done something. But that phrase of while he was considering this, I remember thinking to myself, okay, God, how long did Joseph have to consider that? It could have been days. And the word consider actually means turn over and over and over again in your head. So Joseph probably wanted clarity from God. What do I do? But sometimes, but he had to wait. We don't know if it was an hour, a day. It probably wasn't more than a few months because by then she would have already shown being pregnant or whatever. But he had to wait. He had to consider, what do you want me to do? But Jesus promises that he, you, we, we can hear, know his voice and we can follow him. So if you have a decision to make in your future about any variety of things, the promise of Jesus is, my sheep know my voice, they recognize it, and they follow me. So that's a promise of his. And then in John 12, he says this, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. So you can't be a servant of Jesus without following him. It kind of makes sense. Because my servants must be where I am. And my Father will honor anyone who serves me. So if he honors anyone who serves him, then that means he honors anyone who follows him. So what does it mean that God honors you or me? I don't know. I, you know, when my mom or dad or somebody tells me they're proud of me and they honor me, there's something powerful about that because it does something in my spirit that fills me. So if God will, says he will honor you if you are serving him and following him, um, there's something that will happen. It doesn't simply mean, you know, like I just honored Aaron for his comments before saying, that's a really good thing. But when God honors us, something happens in your own soul because you feel a sense of the pride of the Father in you. So he honors you when you follow him. So it's, it's yeah, we have to give up our way, hand off our checkbook to God, but the Bible tells us, too, that we can follow him. We're in the light of life and that God honors those who follow. There's honor and there's something in our spirits that happens when we're honored. But then the last part of following me, and this is probably the part that I, I tend to struggle with. I don't Well, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I probably do. Here, I'm being a little schizophrenic up here. I'm sorry, but... Jesus, this was, this was, because I think, you know, you think about following, well, I'm already a follower of Jesus, but it's a lifelong thing, and the disciples were called to follow Jesus, and they followed him for three years, they followed him to the, his death, and so they're still following, right? But there's one point, after the resurrection, you might remember the story, the disciples were out in the boat, and Jesus shows up on the shore, and they realize it's him, and Peter, you know, throws off his garment and runs into the water, and I think Jesus was cooking fish on the ocean or on the, on the shore. And they realized this is the resurrected Jesus. And, and um, Jesus says something to Peter. And he says, you know, you, you're not going to be able to choose where you go or what you do. And he kind of even makes a statement about the kind of death Peter's going to die. Because Peter, like most of the disciples, were martyred because they followed Jesus. And Jesus says, uh, says in Mark, John chapter 21, Jesus said this to let him, Peter, know what kind of death that, we, that he would glorify God. And then Jesus just said, follow me. <laughs> to Peter, follow me. I'm, this is what's going to happen, but follow me. 
And Peter, I, it's almost funny. If I'd love to see somebody do it really well on the TV or whatever. He points to John and says, well, what about him? When, you know, what about him? Why, why does he, is he going to have the same kind of challenging journey? I mean, what about him, right? And Jesus says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And I'm going to go tag into what Aaron said, which we never coordinate this, but he talked about comparison. What if you're talking about comparison? Because comparison is the spirit inside of you or me that says, what about, what about him? Why did they have this and that and that and this that I want? What about him? What about her? Why does she get this? Why is her life this way and mine's not? What about her? What about him? Because that's comparison. And Jesus, and he may need to be saying this to me or to you about different things, even today or tomorrow or this week. Or, what's that to you? And he doesn't say it with sarcasm or harshness. He says, what's, if, if I want their story to be this way, what's that to you? In other words, your story is your story. And there's even a, in the Chronicles of Narnia, I think it's, I think it's the horse and his boy, C.S. Lewis's books. One of the, I can't remember the character now, was complaining about his story. And he points to somebody else, why he's whining, and we're all good at that, at least I'm good at that. And he points, what about them? And as on the lion character, which is the Jesus character, says, I'm telling you your story. That's their story. Let me tell you your story, and you live your story with me. Don't wonder why your story isn't her story. So, when Jesus, so following Jesus, comparison is going to be a challenge, especially it's a lot of times you're going to be like, why them and not? Jesus says, follow me. So those are, I think those are, I used to, I used to use different words and describe all the things Jesus liked to say, but I think lately what I'm realizing is if these two words were something we hear Jesus say and we can respond and have conversation with him, follow me, then I think we'd be on the pathway. I don't think. We would be on the pathway not only to walking in light instead of darkness, and that's, I think, emotionally, mentally, all kinds of things. We'd be on the pathway of being honored by God, which fuels our spirit and gives us courage and peace and joy. If we do that, we also are, it's like, it's like Jesus said, he'll give us peace, supernatural peace. He'll give us joy, supernatural joy. I like to use that word a lot lately, supernatural. Uh, I, was just, I just texted somebody lately, a couple of days ago, I know who was having problems sleeping at night because they feel like anxiety is taking over. And I said, I'm praying for you for supernatural peace. I could just say I'm praying for you for peace. But I want to remind myself and them, I'm asking for a peace that comes from another world. That Jesus says, if you have the spirit of Jesus in you, you can have this peace. So I'm not saying you have to use that word, but sometimes I like to say supernatural peace and supernatural joy. Because in the context of the world, peace and joy can be defined by other things. And that's not what I want for people or for me or for you. I want supernatural peace and supernatural joy. So Jesus says, follow me. Follow me now. Follow me when things get hard. Follow me and you'll be in the light. Follow me and my Father will honor you. Follow me 
Don't compare yourselves to others who are following me. And then there's this promise of incredible peace, joy, patience, kindness, all the things that are fruit of the Spirit. So I want you to close your eyes just for a second, more than a second actually. And I want you to imagine yourself in some place, whether it's across the table at a coffee shop where Jesus is sitting across from you, he's sitting in a chair next to you, maybe he's riding in the car, some place where you're relaxed. But I want you to right now imagine if Jesus were to say to you, look you in the eye and say to you, I want you to follow me. And you might say, what do you mean by that, Jesus? I just want you to listen, not just now, but throughout the week. What do you think he's saying to you when he says, follow me? And maybe he's saying, will you follow me? keep your eyes closed, but then you might have, like I have, and I was just having, when I was thinking about what I think Jesus would say to me, I have this conversation about, well, Jesus, I'll, I'll, of course I'll follow you if A, B, and C are part of the package, because I need A, B, and C to be part of the package. And Jesus says, no, I'm just asking if you'll follow me. No conditions. I was like, well, can A and B be part of the package? No, I just, no, no conditions. Will you follow me? And the frustrating thing with Jesus, but the life-giving thing with Jesus, he wants our yes before he shows us the map. All right? So, Jesus, I'm going to pray for each one of us here this morning. I pray that you would give us the courage and the power and the grace to say yes to you when you ask us about following you. To say yes if you tell us something specific but say yes, even if we don't know the specifics. Because we want to follow you. Because your promise is it leads us to light, not darkness. It leads us to honor, not disgrace. And it leads us to joy, not depression. So we want to follow you. I pray that each person here would uh, uh, listen to your voice. I pray we'd all hear your voice. And we would, be, we would be known not simply as Christians, but we would be known as followers of Jesus in an active, life-giving, day-to-day way. And we love you, Jesus. We will follow you, and we're, we trust you. I think part of following you involves trusting you, so I pray, pray for trust as well. And I ask this all in Christ's name. Amen.